Happy Valentine's Day, horror fans. Anchor Pete here. After you finished your love making on this beautiful holiday, lay back in bed with your partner and listen to the tones of me and uh, Dr. Zayas G.O.D. over there talking about a movie from 2001. Danny, how you feel on this Valentine's Day? What's ro more romantic than a couple of bearded men talking about horror movies on YouTube? Come on. Yes. From that golden age of horror, the early 2000s. <laughs> so, oh, as sweet as that candy back there. So we are talking about Valentine today from 2001. I came on this channel uh, it, totally expecting to rip the shit out of this movie. And I'm still going to, but I do want to just point out that I just started following uh, Jamie Blanks, the director on Twitter. And uh, whereas Twitter is normally a, a cesspool of terrible opinions, he happens to be a genuinely uh, really cool dude on Twitter. Uh, I've like read through a bunch of his posts and he's very appreciative of like the fan response uh, because this movie's kind of gotten a renaissance or revival in recent years. Uh, I think just because they're aside from my buddy Valentine and the remake, there aren't many Valentine's Day horror films. So I think this movie holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and while I think neither of us, uh, uh, both of us agree, it's not great, not even good. I, I, I like that he's still hearing from fans and, um, uh, I, I do want to bring up one thing he said on Twitter because I, I don't, he, this, and this is his quote. This is the director of the movie. He said he's really happy that people found and really enjoy this movie. Mm -hmm. And he says he was trying to make an 80s style slasher with smart, strong women against toxic masculinity. Okay. 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 And I, I admire that. I think he really missed the boat on on much of what he's saying there. I don't think he made that movie. And I respect the hell out of him. Uh, like yeah. you said, he did Urban Legend. Urban Legend was a lot of fun. But this movie is not 80s style slasher at all. It's, it's, it's made five years after Scream, three years after Scream 2, and the same year as Scream 3. This movie is a Scream knockoff. Yes. First, first and foremost. Second of all, I mean, to the point where it even has that, like, we are, I mean, this might be the sexiest cast ever assembled. <laughs> ever? Whoa. I, oh, man. I'm, Take that like, magic, Mike. I mean, well, uh, for a horror film. Oh, I mean, okay, okay. You have, you have Denise Richards basking in the glow of wild things. Oh, yes. Like, she was the it girl for guys our age in the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, yes. Uh, you have Katherine Heigl, Marley Shelton, uh, who were, like, these young, early to mid-20s blonde bombshells who would go on to big careers. Uh, Jessica Capshaw, who ironically would end up with Katherine Heigl on Grey's Anatomy years later. Oh, look at that. Um, David Boreanaz, while he was doing Buffy and Angel, Angel yeah. they even do a throwaway line late in this film where Marley Shelton goes, well, he's no angel. Ah, oh my God. This, oh my God. Uh, it, this movie is, it's, you know, it's so like uh, Jamie Blanks wrote, you know, 80s style slasher. I don't think, I don't buy that. This is 
late 90s, early 2000s style slasher. And then smart and strong women against toxic masculinity. My problem with this movie, more than any other problem I had, is that every character in the movie is toxic. Every every character in this movie is fucking stupid. And I... And, and and a lot of the women come across as either like just dumb. Mm-hmm. They make terrible decisions. Mm-hmm. And it's so, so many of the women, like while like some of them are strong and independent, there's always yeah. this kind of like air of either like sexuality or dependency on men. Yes. So it doesn't come across as like the like there's there's only two characters in this movie that that ever come across as not toxic and one of them is Marley Shelton right and the other one is for parts of the movie David Boreanaz right. who's like a borderline alcoholic <laughs> in, a, in a plot thread that really just feels weird right it, there's a lot of those like plot threads in this movie that feel so weird. Yes. Like, like, why does Denise Richards take that guy upstairs and pour wax on his dick? (laughs) Like, why was that scene in that? Why did they dedicate four minutes of screen time to that in a 96 minute slasher movie? Yeah. It's so, Well, for that, it's probably like a studio thing. If, If he truly was trying to make a movie about, you know, smart women against toxic men that's that's her hair getting her revenge on this guy he did kind of seem like he didn't deserve to have his balls scorched with wax but like, like he just so- kind of come on strong that whole sequence I, I i can tell you want to kind of say something about it but like i was going to say like that whole sequence it, it didn't it seemed like she was just kind of going with him right it wasn't like he misled her and then she like so you know, got revenge go ahead the biggest problem with this movie, I think, is aside, Jamie Blanks might have had a vision, but he's working off of four writers. Right. Two of those writers worked in horror uh, a little bit. Uh, they wrote Deep Blue Sea. Like oh, okay. a, a super stupid but really fun shark movie. Correct. Uh, and the other two writers were like TV writers who I think their biggest claim to fame was doing a whole bunch of Beverly Hills 90210. And you can really feel the Beverly Hills 90210 in this script. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, So, like, that scene we're talking about. So, they have set up in this movie that Paige, played by Denise Richards, is, I don't want to use the word slutty, but she's forward. Uh, (laughs) They they make a comment. One of the other women says, oh, you've, you've, you've gone to bed with men whose last names you didn't know. Uh, and then the guy in question at the party, she picked up at speed dating. Right. And he says, do you want to go upstairs? And she's like very into going upstairs. Now, look, look, I don't feel like I'm being an asshole man. Right. If, if, if you are at a party and you say, do you want to go upstairs? That means something. (laughs) <laughs> that yeah. means something you want to get away from the crowd and go into a room alone 
and you're not a teenager, you're in your mid twenties or early twenties, like these characters are. Yeah. And, and then he says to her, I have a surprise for you. It, am I supposed to believe based on the previous 80 minutes that this character is shocked that he pulled his dick out? Yeah, right. Exactly. I, like, and I, I, I don't want to come across like a chauvinist here. I'm not supporting him, but this is just a problem with the writing of the characters. She's been written in a way where she was going upstairs with this guy expecting a surprise and then she gets upset and takes vengeance on him for going too far. You right. know? Yeah, you know, this might be the episode where Danny and I finally get canceled. But it's 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 because of the stuff we're talking about is problematic in itself. You know, not, because... not to mention he uses the phrase wax it, which nobody in the history of mankind has ever used. <laughs> nobody has ever said like when he said, I remember the first time I saw that I laughed out loud <laughs> and I was just like, Oh my God. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. <laughs> Did you see this movie in the theater when it came out or no? I'm going to say no, because I was in college upstate in 2001 and I don't think I would have gone to a Valentine's day horror film by myself. Uh, I probably would have just saw this on DVD. I've seen this movie. I rewatched this a few months ago because I think it was streaming free somewhere. And then I rewatched yeah. it the other night. But yeah, I def I don't think I saw this in the theater. But the first time I saw it, I like laughed out loud. At yeah, lot. well, it, it's it's kind of amazing, right? Because this movie is now over 20 years old. And uh, it's a time capsule for when we were in our 20s. And we were essentially close to the age of this cast, or at least what the cast is trying to portray. Yeah. And um it's such a time capsule that it's got all those songs that from those like kind of scream knockoffs and from scream itself, where you have disturbed, you have the Deftones, you have Marilyn Manson, all the kind of stuff that like 20 something year old Pete is listening to. <laughs> and it's interesting because we were watching this movie that no matter how many writers you have, they are trying to capture a feel of like, well, this is what dating is like in this time. And this is what the expectations that women have are like in this time. This is what the expectations that men have in this time. And they're like, oh, we're so forward thinking. It's the early 2000s. And now here we are 20 years later looking back at it. And it does kind of feel like watching one of these 80s horror movies or 90s horror movies or 70s horror movies where it's like, oh, wow, this is a totally different time. Yeah. The way that people talk to each other is totally different. Like one scene that, because we, we can still keep talking about this candle scene because it is so. No, nah, we don't have to. <laughs> right, right. But one other scene involved Denise Richards as well. And see, they're trying to have their cake and eat it too, right? Because they're trying to be like, we have this super sexy Denise Richards, and you know, and we're going to put her in these kind of sexy scenarios, but then she's going to like stump the guys. She's going to essentially like lead it on as if like there's this big, you know, flirtation, but then she's going to cut it off because she's real feminist or something, right? But um, there's that scene where she's being interviewed with her friends by the detective. And then he tells her friends to leave and he pulls her aside and he's like, oh, can we talk about it? And it's like straight out like a porn or something, right? Where he's like, let's talk about that tension. Oh, go ahead. So exactly what you just said. Like if, if, if her character was written the way she was and then there's one additional scene 
where it turns out where she gets to explain probably to Kate, uh, Marley Shelton's character, who's the main character, that she's actually not a slut at all. And that it is a persona that she puts on to deal with men, you know, where if she makes herself, you know, if she puts herself out there like that, uh, but she's not actually like that. But there is no scene like that. There's no scene like that. It's just like from the very, like she even, there's even a scene at the very beginning where they they go to Katherine Heigl's funeral and one of the other girls like says to her like, you dress like that to a funeral? And she's like in like a sexy black dress. And it's like, and and all the marketing for this film was was centered around like Denise Richards. Again, this was coming right off the heels of Wild Things. Uh, there's a, she, you know, she walks away from the guy upstairs and then goes downstairs and disrobes and is in a bikini and goes in a hot tub. Right, right. Very good point. So, yeah. so like, and, and also the whole plot of the movie is the killer is, was a nice boy in school who got bullied by bitchy girls. Right. Right, falsely right. accused of, of 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 assaulting one of them, right? So that's almost toxic femininity. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that that opening scene is such a, a catalyst, and it kind of stuck with me. It's almost like you know, you said the director was trying to make an '80s horror movie. Then that opening sequence really does feel like the '80s horror movie part, and it's even got that sort of homage to Carrie, where they spill punch on him yeah. but he goes up to all these girls and he says and that that is what you'd have in the 80s you would have like an opening credit scene where they would like cut to the credits and then it would cut back to him going up to each individual girl that really felt like an 80s horror movie but the thing is they were all so unlikable then and they make it that they're all so unlikable now like it, you said it before where it was like they want to make these smart independent women but against toxic men but they still are these toxic girls from this party and they act yeah. pretty much the same way like all the little interactions because they show little anecdotes of like their personal life and stuff and the only one that kind of gets off clean i think is uh you said kate right the blonde yeah Molly where, where, like they show her life and you know it looks like she's kind of got some uh problems with money or just getting her life in order at one point she the water goes out in her apartment, and so she has to wash her hair using toilet water. Like, that's a cute little scene, and that's like, oh, okay, she's the final girl. But every other girl just seems, like, mean and fucked up. The opening scene of the movie, after the credits, with Katherine Heigl, like, the guy that she's out with, who talks about himself in the third person, like, he's an asshole. He's got toxic masculinity, but he's such an, a caricature, more right. than a character. And then that leads into her like Drew Barrymore death scene, right? Which which is one of the all time dumbest bunch of character decisions. And I include the killer in this because right. the, there's a scene where she goes back to like she's an, a, 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 do, a doctoral student. She goes back to her corpse at the table, and the killer has apparently disrobed. And then breathes. So, first of all, if I were her, I would have been like, oh, fuck, and just stabbed down into this <laughs> breathing corpse. 
she turns around and in like a fraction of a second, he's gone. But it's like, if your goal is to kill her, just kill her. She's right there. And then she runs and hides in a body bag. Like, <laughs> like let me hide in a place where there's literally no way for me to escape. Right. Like, it, it just... Like it, it, it tries to do like the Drew Barrymore scream opening sequence where you have a well-known actress, you know, uh, this was again, three years after Bride of Chucky, which, which kind of propelled Katherine Heigl, um, into becoming a, a pretty big star. There's so many like inconsistencies in the script. Like they mentioned Jeremy Melton, the killer, uh, that his parents died in a fire, but then Kate who's dating Adam, David Boreanaz, says that she knows Adam, his father was a, a lawyer and his mother's a teacher or vice versa. Right. And then Adam ends up being the killer at the end. Right. So does she, did he just tell her that? It, it, we're led to believe they've been together for a long time and you know she's trying to help him through his alcoholism. First of all, I want to just touch upon that scene that you talked about in the morgue because that is really funny when he just kills her. It's like she's already in a body bag. I'm sure that they, like, established, like, you know, someone's writing that. They're like, oh, well, it's convenient. She's already in a body bag, right? Um, but one of the things I want to say about that scene, and it just goes with all the killer scenes, I just felt like this was not scary on any level. No. And it's kind of funny because, like, I um, – in, in the early 20s, I was much easier to scare than I am now. And so if I had seen a movie like this or like Urban Legend, I would have been creeped out. However, I don't even know if I would have been creeped out by this movie. Because all the sequences with that Cupid masked killer, I just felt, I don't feel like there's any tension whatsoever. It's not scary. A lot of the scenes happen in, in public, which require people, like, like the art exhibit, like that's a public art exhibit. Like somehow we're expected that David Boreanaz like showed up in his uh, Cupid mask costume with a bow and arrow, <laughs> shot this woman out of fire escape and then disappeared uh, at the party, which by the way, I paused it when they get to Dorothy's party, that last scene of the movie yeah. scene of the movie yeah. is the last 37 minutes of the film. Wow. That's that's more than a third of the movie that takes place in that in that house at the end. And it's right. like you you're you're looking at shots where the house is packed. Right. And then there are just scenes where there's nobody. Right, right, right. Like the that 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 one woman who only exists in the movie to like point out Dorothy's boyfriend is a cheat which we wow. all know we didn't need it spelled out for us. Right. Um, she walks into a room where the killer's just standing there with the dead body of the maid. And I'm like, in the next scene, and then they run through the house and there's nobody around. And I'm like, they, they just showed a scene where the house was packed. And then the scene after that, the house is packed. Right. Scream was an amazing horror movie. And what Scream created was about a five-year period of very underwhelming, uh, hot cast uh, slashers, and right. very few of them hold up. Shudder actually just put up uh, Cherry Falls, 
like that movie does something pretty cool where it's like uh, the killer is killing virgins in the town of Cherry Falls, oh. uh, which at least it throws something a little bit different. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty cool. That's on shutter now. Like if you, if you want to watch a cool slasher movie that came out in the wake of, uh, scream, watch that, or even watch Jamie Blanks urban legend. It's, it's more fun. The urban legend aspect of it gives it a little more oomph. Robert England is there, you know, in a cameo, which makes it a little, I think Brad Dourif has a cameo in it as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. So there, that's a lot more of a fun movie than this. And if you want to watch a Valentine's Day horror movie, watch my bloody Valentine. It holds up. It's still fucking great. Yeah. Danny, I love how when we talk about a movie, because we try to always be positive about our movies, but there are some where it's just like, you just kind of can't, right? And I think we did this one like as a joke because it's Valentine's Day. There's not a lot of Valentine's Day movies to cover. Um, but I, I really like that you always throw in, hey, why don't you try this other one? And I really like yeah. that you, try, you pointed out, hey, try this one by the same director. For all the shit we're talking about Valentine, it's not a good movie, but it's also 95 minutes. If you decide to watch it, you're gonna get what you pay for. Right. You know, um, it's, it, it's a 95 minute slasher with a mass killer. The most fun thing about watching a lot of these movies is watching these movies as time capsules, uh, but, but also for the cast. So like Marley Shelton's the main character in this movie and she's, um, she's the sheriff in the new Scream. Right, right. 20 years later. Uh, right. And she was in Scream 4. He Denise Richards, like at the, the peak of her popularity, David Boreanaz uh, in between Angel and Bones, uh, probably, you know, uh, one of the most successful television careers of the last 25 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, Catherine Heigl and Jessica Capshaw would go on to much greater fame in Grey's Anatomy. But then like you go watch Urban Legend and like Oscar winner Jared Leto is the main character. Right, what? right. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or he's one of the main characters, I think. Right. Uh, yeah, it, it, uh, Daniel Harris is in the the original Urban Legend. There's so many like people who went on to bigger and better things. These masked uh, slashers, like based on the Scream model, they didn't last. They they were gone by like the not too long after this one. And, <laughs> it's a I mean, there, there is a reason why the the wave of horror that came after this was torture porn. Like <laughs> I, I, it saw and hostile came out in, I think Oh four and Oh five. Right. So, and, and I think the, there was also like the, the Texas chainsaw massacre remake, which was a lot more graphic than the original even came yeah. out in Oh three. So it was like, okay, enough of these slashers. Let's just get some real freaking gnarly gore on the, on the screen and, and shock some people. With that being said, we hope that you guys have enjoyed our little review of Valentine. And uh, we have more reviews and stuff coming from Shudder uh, this month. Yeah. And uh, Danny, as always, will be putting up a ton of content. I, I mentioned, you know, torture porn. Uh, I'm really excited. So it's it's only mid-February, but Shudder just released that, I think, coming in March, is they're putting up a ton of the French extremist horror movies from like the early to mid 2000s. And if like 
these movies were a little too pretty and 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 hot for you and you want to get into some real gnarly gore and just sadness and bloodshed those movies holy crap uh yeah that that's going to be fun uh early march yeah but so, yeah if you're looking for a valentine's day slasher you got to stick with the og my bloody valentine or even the remake of my bloody valentine wasn't terrible so that's it for this time around happy valentine's day guys and we will see you guys real soon